Father God, we just uh, thank you so much on this beautiful morning. Lord, we just uh, praise you for um, all that uh, we find joyous in this world and uh, just the uh, opportunities to come together and and worship you uh, uh, as free people, as uh, people who uh, uh, we don't have to fear um, our right to, uh, uh, to praise you and call you God nation we uh in this nation father we just uh, uh we just lift up those who are persecuted around the world and we just pray that you continue to give them strength and perseverance as they are living out your plan lord just as we can live your plan here father we just uh, thank you so much and it's in your great son's name we pray amen well good morning church i guess my things on so well don't know if you knew i was going to be here this morning i didn't know if i was going to be here this morning as of yesterday but uh, we are um and as mike's uh series has uh uh we have started a few weeks ago together we are stronger i don't know if you've ever experienced that um uh, like on an evening and your friends are going to go out and do something, you're like, oh, I don't really feel like it, and then you end up going out and it's just a wonderful time. You know, isn't that kind of the way church is? When, when we come together as a body, and we may not feel really good, and we may be a little bit tired, and, but somehow that all just kind of fades away when we are together as a, as a body. And uh, it's an amazing thing. And sometimes we aren't able to come together, but, uh, but we are in spirit, and we are uh, uh, in our Father God. As we continue this series, Together We Are Stronger, and with this past week being Veterans Day, I would like for us to begin this time this morning asking ourselves a couple questions. Question is, is being a Christian part of my plan? Or is it God's plan that I am a Christian? In 1863, Congress approved the formation of our first black regiments, or all black regiments. Now, they, were, they uh, were under the command of white officers, but these African-American men who volunteered were signing up to be soldiers, not contraband troops. Contraband troops have been around for, since the beginning of man and war, and basically it's, it's the people who basically join the army to help, to assist, uh, and so a lot of African Americans were serving the Union Army, even wearing uniforms, but they were just still doing slave labor. Now is a time where these men could put on a uniform and fight for their cause, to step up, and this is their fate.
Bring it up a little more. No, you just keep going. <clears throat> Glory, hallelujah. <clears throat> the movie, if you haven't seen it, is a clip from the movie Glory. Virtually 99% of the people who watch the movie don't understand the title. It's, to them, it's just about um, 
being brave and fighting in a battle and, and uh, bringing glory to yourself and, and so on and so forth. But, uh, but glory refers to what we are fighting for. We are fighting for glory. In the military throughout history has been that, that phrase, uh, death or glory. You know, even in the modern military, your different uh, regiments and um, uh, battalions uh, and even branches of the service, uh, our Marines here, uh, Semper Fidelis, always faithful, ever faithful. But the idea of death or glory, I think, is more of a worldly concept because as Christians, we should approach the fight, death is glory. These men who volunteered, and they're not the first men that volunteered with a concept of, I will probably die. And in fact, when you read the, the, the remarks of, of uh, men of faith who in uh, the midst of the storm um, are at peace, and they, they make those statements, if it's my time, God... I'm okay with that. But if it's your will, help me get as many of these fellows out of here as I can. Save as many of these brave young lives as you can. Resolve to die. There is no other plan. Simply keeping our eyes on the prize that is glory. Okay. Luke 9, we will be in Luke chapter 9 today. Got a couple other verses, uh, but mostly we'll be in Luke chapter 9. Verse 62. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You don't have to have plowed a field to understand the hazards of looking back when you're supposed to be on a track. If you've ever mowed a lawn, the dangers of just looking over your shoulder and all of a sudden, oh, my, my cut is messed up. My swath is not straight. If you've ever ran a race... You know, if I can get there, the shortest, direct, most direct route, that is the way to go. Or even as you look back as, at your friends or, or family members as they're walking and you continue to walk uh, with your eyes off of where you're going, um, bad things are going to happen. Or possibly happen. I mean, it's the simple premise of don't text and drive, right? And yet, how often do we find ourselves, and I'm guilty of it, messing with our phones? I'm not as bad as I used to be. But, but I still am tempted lots of times to reach over and, and what, who was that that was calling and things of that nature. The world distracts us. 
It wants us to take our eyes off the prize. But you know what? Once we realize that our prize is death, our prize is death to this world and glory in eternity. We can walk through any storm without fear. We can stay true to our word that I pledge to uh, fight this fight. There was a lot of sleepless nights in that camp, I'm sure. But I've always found it interesting that the one person they show who's sleeping soundly, and you couldn't really see it with this video, is the, the escaped slave... Because a lot of the other uh, black men in this regiment were freedmen from the north who volunteered. And so that, that fear of going into slavery when you were once free was pretty, pretty severe to them. But the freedman, or I mean the, the escaped slave who has been in it, has nothing to lose because death is glory. It can only, I can only achieve something better in my life here on this earth. Mike has challenged us as a church, as a body, to walk boldly and to set aside our fears, and they're legit fears, and we do need to be cautious and careful, but the thing is, living by faith does not mean hiding at home. Living by faith does not mean we are reckless with our lives, but we still engage in this world that God has called us to be a light to and do it as safely as we can, not for our sake, but for the sake of those who are still in slavery. Luke 9 translate into a, a, a popular phrase that you see throughout history, presidents and military officers and, and just people in general uh, using the phrase, stay the course. That phrase is biblical. In Acts 20, verse 24, we read, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly and of the gospel of the grace of God. Finish my course. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Stay the course. A few years ago, we were able to travel to Indiana for Anissa's graduation. And on the way back, um, I, it was it was going to happen. I had to go to Springfield, Illinois. It is the home of the Lincoln Library and the Lincoln Museum. And you guys know I'm a big fan of Owabe. 
But even regardless of that, I recommend going. I recommend, if there's a fee, I recommend paying that fee because there is just so much there. But probably the most impressive thing, and they had a lot of things that, boy, I talk a lot about, but I think I've probably talked more about this than anything since then. This is a little model of Lincoln's farewell to the people of Springfield. He's headed to Washington, D.C. He's headed to the White House. He says, My friends, no one, not in my situation, can appreciate my feeling of sadness at this parting. To this place and the kindness of these people, I owe everything. Here I have lived a quarter of a century, have passed from a young to an old man. Here my children have been bored, born, and one is buried. I now leave, not knowing when or whether ever I may return, with a task before me greater than that which rested upon Washington. Without the assistance of the divine being who ever attended him, I cannot succeed. With that assistance, I cannot fail, trusting in him who can go with me and remain with you and be everywhere for good. Let us confidently hope that with all yet will be well, to his care, commending you as I hope your prayers will commend me, I bid you an affectionate farewell. Wow, wouldn't you love to hear one of our nation's leaders speak from the heart and speak from faith? And I'm not saying that our leaders are, are not people of faith. But our struggle is, are we judging them on their faithfulness? And we shouldn't. They're in a difficult job. And they have many, many more distractions than we do. And sadly, I think some of those distractions come from Satan and have distracted some of our leaders. But that does not mean we don't pray for them and we don't continue to come together as a body to show that faith is not dead. God is alive in our nation, and God always will be. If we go to Luke chapter 9, starting going back to verse 57, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Hmm. Being homeless doesn't sound like a very good uh, opportunity uh, or uh, career choice, maybe. But you know, what was Jesus doing 
that was appealing to people. I mean, this man could perform miracles. This man could heal the the sick. Make the blind see. This man showed no fear. Can you think of any time where Jesus showed fear? I mean, I'm sure he was struggling in the garden, right? Because we know he he sweat blood. He was stressed and he knew what was coming, and yet he was fearless to be obedient to God. You see, you have heard me rail against career politicians and even career uh, ministers or pastors. You know, people who say, wow, that's a glamorous lifestyle and, and uh, wouldn't it be cool for people to see me and, and I can uh, have an influence on the world. Um, but the fact is, no matter what your work is, whatever what it you do, whether you're at home raising children, whether you're in a classroom teaching people, whether you're running a lathe at the machine shop, your career is not yours. Our career is part of God's plan, but when our career supersedes and we we think our career is what I make it, that is what Jesus is warning this man. Don't think your plans um, are going to bring you peace and happiness. Animals are content because God provides. But we, this is not our home. Don't get comfortable. Verse 59, and he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I think this is where a lot of us are. It's not that we are saying, oh yeah, I'm supposed to go into the ministry, or um, because that is a calling. And I have put a lot of uh, time in prayer and um, meditation on uh, God, what do you what do you want me to do? But when I let it go of trying to make something of it myself, God tends to guide me into the situation. And in this situation, this man wants to follow Jesus, but not just yet. See, his father's not dead, but he might be ailing. This man has things that he wants to take care of. He wants to get all of his affairs in order. And he wants to kind of see his worldly responsibilities played out. And Jesus understands that. Jesus understands our heart. But he tells this man, let the dead bury their dead. Go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Charles Spurgeon writes this. 
Jesus knows how to warn the pretentious and to accept the penitent. Jesus is not chastising this man. He is being caring, saying, I understand. Go and proclaim the word of God. Where the previous man was too quick to follow Jesus, this man is simply too slow. Verse 61. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. This this sounds a lot like verse 59 and 60, but it is slightly different. For this fellow is not concerned with goodbyes as much as he's concerned with putting his affairs in order. Not his family, not making sure his responsibilities are um, covered. He's looking at let me put, make sure my bank account is where it needs to be. Let me make sure that uh, my will is established for everybody. And uh, I'm going to maintain my relationship with my business partners in case this plan with Jesus, this Jesus thing doesn't work out. See, the third man isn't necessarily saying, I'll go because I'm excited about what may happen, the first man. He's not going because he feels, I really need to go, but on my heart, Lord, I still have these concerns at home. This man is saying, I'm prosperous. I'm doing okay. I'll follow you, but but on my terms. We're all in one of these categories. I think probably the second and third is the most common for us. Jesus understands our struggles. It's why he came. That we are not bound by the law. But because of the free gift and the grace of our God, we desire to live by faith. And when we live by faith, we don't have to worry about the law, do we? It's like that thing you told your little kids. If you never tell a lie you'll never have to remember what you said. Well, it's pretty simple. Sadly, we are easily distracted. Squirrel, you know? Satan is good at what he does. And he gets us to take our eyes off the prize. A few years ago, I read a post on a computer... The post went like this. I am so overwhelmed by God's goodness. So thankful for my husband's faithfulness. During the last few months, I have allowed stress and worry to take over. At times, I would even be frustrated with his constant positive attitude of, we just have to trust God. This last week, as we've been packing and moving forward into the unknown... His cheerful, upbeat answer to my every negative what about has been, I don't know, but I'm preparing for the rain. Like from facing the giants. And God is going to provide. Well, God has brought the rain, 
And he has provided so much better than I could have ever asked for. Turns out, all of my fretting has been for nothing. All of my husband's trusting has been the right answer all along. God is so good. You see, living by faith is God's plan. It's why God brings marriage into our life. It's why God, um, we have families and we have relationships. And hopefully uh, you are a part of that, the body of Christ. So that when the tough times come and the doubt is there, you have uh, brother arm or, or sister shoulder to lean on and say, hey, God's got it. We just, just keep the faith. Live by faith. Several years ago, there was a popular song uh, by a group called Manifest. It's a rock Christian song, so maybe some of you have not heard it. But, but uh, the, the title of the song is No Plan B. And the lyrics, it's too late, it's my fate, I can't turn around. There's no fear in the mirror to hold me down. I'm too far from the start. Now I'm in too deep. I've got to stick to the plan because there's no plan B. No turning back. There's no other path. No plan B. Like the fellow that jumps off the wall on his skateboard, once you have committed to the jump, there is no turning back. Is there? Now there might be a retry if you wipe out. And I don't think God's going to call any of us, maybe you younger ones, to uh, may want to try jumping off of a, a ramp with a skateboard. But uh, thank goodness I am old enough that God has says, that's not part of my plan, Greg. <laughs> so the, the damage from that uh, uh, probably is not worth uh, the experience. But you see, Jesus came to this earth to jump off the ramp. He came to this earth in obedience to live, suffer, and die as a perfect sacrifice for our world. No other plan. Three days later, defeating death, making a way for all who put their faith or put their hand to the plow to also defeat death and have everlasting life. No plan B. As we prepare for communion, as we go into this time of communion, let us again ask ourselves the question, am I living my life according to God's plan? As the body of Christ, we all are about a plan that is not ours. It is one that has us jumping off the wall on our skateboards. It brings a feeling of terror and exhilaration, but yet in that, because we know that God is in control and we know that death is glory, there is peace and security. As Paul witnessed, to live is Christ, to die is King. We should be as bold as Paul, as Christ, as President Lincoln, 
and profess our faith openly and without fear. So as we take communion, let us together profess our faith in the one who calls us according to his plan. Let's pray. Father God, this world is a scary place when we allow distractions to uh, uh, take our eyes off the prize. Father, we don't want to live in fear. Father, just uh, as Christ came, uh, knowing the plan and sticking to the plan, let us also live by faith, living with a uh, not a heart of guilt or a heart of judgment on others, but simply a heart of being your hands and feet in this world. And Father, by our example, others will see you. And if it is your will, Lord, that uh, uh, their hearts will be softened and they will also be able to say glory, hallelujah. Father God, we just pray these things. We just thank you for your son, Jesus. In your great and glorious name, amen.